This is Aaron Blank. I am here with Catherine Morissette, who's a litigation partner in the firm of Fisher Phillips in the Seattle office. She represents local and national employers in litigation in state and federal courts, mainly around labor and labor issues and employees. Um, she works for employers throughout the region and, and here to talk about the Me Too movement and how to prepare as a business owner or a business in managing the allegation of sexual harassment against anyone, including star employees in the age of the Me Too movement. Catherine, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Nice to be here. Tell me a little bit more about what you're seeing now in the workplace since the Me Too movement started. Well, it's twofold. Employers are panicked. They're concerned about getting more claims uh, about sexual harassment. In Washington State, of course, we need to worry about it not just being, uh, I think, what folks understand to be sexual harassment, but any gender-based harassment. Washington um, law has long covered things having to do with gender identity, gender expression, uh, female versus male, male versus female, and my, my clients are concerned about it, and that's also what I'm hearing from human resources professionals. Uh, the flip side of it is I am seeing a some sort of sexual harassment or hostile work environment or gender-based uh, concern raised by employees whether they're bringing legitimate claims or not, even if performance issues are getting managed, uh, this has now started to enter the conversation more frequently than I've seen. It's not really the first time, um, if I can jump in, just to reassure people a little bit that we've seen a cycle like this. Uh, remember maybe the, the uh, tail hook uh, scandal years ago with the military. Um, so employers should be doing everything that we've always counseled them to be doing, but now is the time to be thoughtful of that. What are some of the things that, that employers can do to educate their workforce and, and prepare them for um, anything to make sure that there isn't harassment in the workplace? I think one of the concerns that's come to the forefront, I do think the, that that we've seen it in the media a little bit that's a good thing, is uh, that we need to have more of a dialogue about anti-harassment prevention and have training that actually is effective and makes sense. Uh, and by that, uh, I mean really uh, what the EEOC, which is the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, they're the agency, the federal agency that handles charges of sexual harassment under federal law, uh, has told employers to do. And one of the things is DVDs or videos don't work. Um, I think probably everybody listening, I laugh when I say it, has seen some bad produced video back from the 70s or 80s um, that is not, you know, your employees don't pay attention to, they pay enough just to check the boxes and on it goes. The EEOC says that workplace training on these issues needs to be interactive and it needs to be in person, which is something I've always counseled uh, in any case. And it should be tailored for the workplace. Uh, you know what your issues are. You know what kinds of things happen, whether it's a restaurant where employees just physically work closely together, or you happen to have a workplace um, where you've got some managers who've been around a long time who happen to be male may create a different dynamic that you need to address. So I think that's the biggest thing. So as a, a next part of the conversation, what happens if a superstar employee is allegedly um, doing some sort of harassment in the workplace? What should you do? So 
The issue is what the EEOC thinks is an issue, uh, and I think we instinctively know is an issue, is if there are some serious allegations about your star employee, and by that I mean perhaps your person who's your top salesperson or the CEO of the company, somebody for whom the employer is concerned about terminating because they think they'll lose business because of it. Uh, and let's for a second assume that there's some concern with the allegations. Oftentimes, um, the years a reluctance to let that person go. The EEOC thinks this is a big problem. Um, and I think that employers forget about the litigation costs, the loss of productivity, and how much it's really going to cost them in the long run if they don't terminate that person. If you terminate somebody for whom uh, the there have been multiple allegations that prove to be true, the signal that it sends to your workforce isn't uh, is priceless compared to the uh, cost of business that you think you're going to lose. The And I think that's where when we look at what's happened in media, maybe that's a good thing. We've had some uh, big companies who've gone ahead and fired that person. And it may feel like too little too late, but it's better than nothing. And think about all of the future folks if that person had been continued to be employed who might have had, had claims and now that's not going to happen. Catherine, thanks so much. I think the big thing in this, too, from a PR standpoint, from a public relations firm standpoint, which is where I come from, um, if there is such an allegation in the workplace, I think transparency is key, both with the employees and with the public. And we work alongside, obviously, the attorney. I think the, the legal side plays hold here, but transparency is critical. I, I agree. If you, you know, there are, there's been controversy about confidentiality agreements when you're settling things. And by the way, I happen to think that should be a decision of the employer and also the victim. Victims often want confidentiality when they settle something. It's not just the employer. Um, but for how you handle it after and how you communicate with your workforce, there's actually a positive opportunity here. You can put something that's difficult um, and turn it around into a way to really reaffirm your commitment to anti-harassment, and that's something absolutely that um, that uh, you can do, Aaron, and that we would hope that any good legal counselor encourages. We're going to be doing a webinar on this coming up shortly. Um, stay tuned for that. This this podcast will give you more details below on this uh, page that we're developing out. I am Aaron Blank with Catherine Morissette, who is the litigation partner in the firm of Fisher Phillips in Seattle. She represents local and national employers in litigation. Thanks, Catherine, for your time. Thank you.